Hey everybody, Jake from Tasting Anarchy here. Before I get started on this mini episode, I just wanted to give a quick announcement that on the 7th, that is uh, January, February, March 7th, I can never remember what month it is, uh, we'll be meeting in Bedford, Texas. Car Campit and I are going to be hosting another Liberty Gather- Gathering for the Fort Worth crowd. If you guys are in town or live in town, please come out there. It's going to be at Turning Point Brewery. So that's in Bedford, Texas. Uh, I hope to see you all there. I think it's going to be a good time. We had a, a really fun time last time just, you know, talking politics, talking beer, talking wine, talking, you know, whatever it is that everybody's interested in. So hope to see you there. So one more time, that is at Turning Point Brewing Company in Bedford, Texas, 7 p.m. on March 7th. 2019. Down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine, drinking that mess is their delight. When he gets a wrong, start singing all night, drinking wines for the to drink wine. Wines for the to drink wine. Wines for the to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Drinking that mess is their delight. When it gets a rump, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tan down door. Drinking Afghans and calling for Hey, everybody. In this mini episode, I would like to review a, a wine that I had recently. It's another Texas wine because... You know, I, I like I like to get stuff from the state that I live in, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in Texas. But also, this is one of kind of along the lines of another one that I did from the same company, Lilano Estacado. A couple of episodes back, you can go look in the archives. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, I went over what Meritage is, and Lilano Estacado has a Meritage wine, and that's an official labeling that kind of just tells everybody that this is a wine that you're doing in the Bordeaux style. This time I'm going over something similar, but it's just, I don't think it's official. I think it's just a way that you can label wine to let everybody know that you're doing it in the Southern Rhone style. So in this case, the wine that I'm reviewing is from Lano Estacado. It's the 2017 Texas GSM. And the GSM indicates that it's done in the Southern Rhone style. So what is the Southern Rhone style? I didn't know this. I had to look it up. So I went over to Wine Enthusiasts, and they've got a, a nice little summary of what GSM is. So typically, in France's Southern Rhone region, the way that they do their red blends is Greenwich, Syrah, and I'm going to try my best to pronounce this, but it's uh, Morvedre or Morvedre. I, I have no idea how to say that exactly, but it's M-O-U-R-V-E with a little accent over it, D-R-E. So I guess Greenwich tends to be the most, uh, the, the highest percentage in, uh, Rhone style blends. It provides, uh, like a soft, spicy berry flavor, uh, like spice berry flavor. And it's supposed to kind of give it a more, uh, I guess a rounder mouthfeel. That's how they describe it. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, Syrah is supposed to bring out kind of the wild side a little bit and um, gives a little bit more aroma, black pepper flavor, maybe some like olive kind of meatiness to it. And then I'm going to try my best again on this one. The more, more vidre, uh, it adds more of an earthiness to it. Now in this Lilano Estacado, this is, it does use those three grapes, but so I'll go ahead and read you the blend on it. It's, uh, and actually it's just the back of the bottle. It says this unique blend of more 49% 
Greenwich, 24%, Syrah, 17%, and Tanat, 10%, is produced from Texas grapes by Texas hands. This bold wine expresses ripe blackberry and black pepper uh, aromatics with notes of warm spice and plum on the plate or on the palate. Rich and well balanced in pairs, uh, it pairs well with red meats, game, and cheese. Uh, it's 14% alcohol by volume. It's, it's actually pretty inexpensive, although for, for the Lulano Estacado, it's a little bit more expensive. It's $25. I, I, I was, I'm a little bit confused by GSM at this point because of how I read it to you. So GSM says it's done in the Southern Rhone style, and I guess because, you know, in the old world, they're usually blending red wines, and so I, I'm sure that if, like, they had a really good harvest of, of one over the other, other, it would change which one was the dominant, but this one, for whatever reason, it showcases the one that is supposedly the lowest in the Rhone style, so it's it's almost like they kind of, like, flipped it on its head and then also added in Tanat for, for some reason. And I, and I think that's interesting. Overall, I don't think it's a bad wine, especially not for the price. And I'm going to go ahead and give it another taste and a smell so I can kind of describe it from my own. So it's definitely got kind of a fruitier smell. And, but it's also, it is a little bit more earthy and gravelly than, than I think a lot of the, the fruitier wines that I have from Texas. Like a lot of the, um, the Tepanilo, which is, is one of the, that I really like that they grow around here. That is a very fruity wine and it's usually high in alcohol as well. Cause you know, Texas is hot. So you're going to have a little bit of a higher alcohol wine. So this, this does have kind of a more, uh, earthy aroma to it. It's not like, it's not dirt exactly. It's just more of like, I would, I would almost say kind of like a sweeter mushroom smell. And taste wise, it's, um, I mean, it's good, and and I would recommend it. It's interesting, especially if you're in Texas. You know, give it a try. It's got a very handsome label too. It's like just a plain, kind of a plain white label. It just says uh, Lilano Estacado 2017 Texas GSM, and it's just kind of plain and white. Taste wise, like I would say, it's kind of like a ripe red fruit flavor. It does have a little bit of a mineraliness. There's no black pepper that I can detect. There is sort of uh, kind of more of like a baking spice to it. But uh, overall, it's good. It's it's a little bit lighter bodied. I could really see this going well with food. I might actually, after I do the episode, Victoria got some really good salami, so I might go have it with a little bit of salami, although it's kind of late. But that's that's sort of beside the point. But I, I thought this was interesting, and I would introduce everybody to this. I might learn some more about GSM or ask some of the, the wine experts that I've become a little bit more familiar with. In a previous episode with Jackson, which I think would probably be the the previous episode to this episode, I, I mentioned that this should be, I, I said, I, I kind of wish that they had done a heavier Syrah because I think Texas actually does Syrah pretty well. And, and I still think that that's true. I think this is interesting and may, maybe I just didn't know exactly what to expect. I don't think that I've ever had a Rhone, a Southern Rhone blend. So this is an interesting introduction to a wine that I don't think is terrible. It's not very tannic. And you, you guys know that I really like tannic wines. It's not very punchy. You know, I like a lot of like very bold flavors and stuff like that. So it, it is just, it's just different than what I normally drink. And so maybe having tried these other Lulano Estacados, this one was a little bit on the expensive side for that company. It, it just was a surprise and maybe that's why I didn't like it as much. Now that I'm kind of finishing out the bottle, I, I do have a little bit more of an appreciation for it. And I do recommend it just because I recommend trying the Texas wines all the time. 
and for you know twenty four twenty five dollars whatever it was uh, a bottle it's it's not bad at all and it and it looks it looks nice so this is one of the things that I've been kind of emphasizing lately is if the wine looks good and it's from an interesting place and Texas is still kind of a novelty to bring a Texas wine somewhere because it's unusual you don't really see it outside of Texas that often and this one looks like a a fancy wine because the label is so clean so I don't think anybody would you know, you know, thumb their nose at it. And, but it's, it is a little bit expensive for like, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think I would bring a $25 bottle of wine to a dinner party because I could get a much better priced one. Actually, the, the last mini episode I did, I think I did McPherson, which is also from Lubbock, Texas. This one, this, I don't know if all of Lilano Estacado is from Lubbock, but I know that, I know that McPherson is from Lubbock and you can get two bottles of what I think is superior wine, uh, superior red blends to this one from McPherson. And I think those are very clean labels, very pretty looking too. And I think people would be very interested in them as well. But if you, if you are specifically looking for like a Southern Rhone style wine, and this one says it pairs well with, with red meats, uh, game and hard cheeses, that this might be a good one to go for. It doesn't, I, I won't say it tastes like a Pinot Noir. It maybe, maybe like a, a lower quality organ Pinot Noir. It's kind of along those lines, but it's, again, it's less punchy. It's very, very, very smooth, very light bodied, fruity. And that's kind of, it doesn't really linger on the palate. It's not tannic. It, it's just kind of a nice clean wine. It, it's enjoyable. And I feel like I kind of gave this kind of a harsh review, but it was more because now that I am familiar with GSM, I don't know that this is a good representation of GSM. But on the other hand, like I said before, I haven't had a Southern Rhone wine, so I don't know. But I think that the concept of GSM is really interesting. And there's actually another one that I'm, I think I'll review in the future, which is BDX, which I think is similar to, uh, what's going on with Meritage. So I think this is, like this aspect of wine is one of the things that interests me the most. You know, I took a wine class, uh, last weekend and all of my questions for the wine person revolved around th- the technical side of wine. And the business side of wine. Those are things that interest me a lot of it. And there's so much in wine that ha, that is like a little bit for everybody. So there's a lot of business involved. There's a lot of like, uh, technology involved. There's a lot of, uh, how did, how do they calculate the sugar? There's intuition of the, of the growers and the, the different laws, the different taxes, all that sort of stuff involved. Geography, the history, all that stuff is so cool and so interesting. And just by kind of like looking over the questions that I was asking the sommelier in this class, all of the stuff that I'm interested in is sort of the logistics. Uh, I like the way that wine tastes. I also really like history. For those of you who know me know that that was one of my first majors was history. And this is a, this is a really, just a really cool subject to get into. And I just, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy that I can do the podcast and I'm happy that, that you guys can kind of come along with me for the ride. So there's one other thing I want to go over in this mini episode, and I, and I definitely want to try to keep it mini. And that is, there's a guy on Twitter called Texas Wine Lover who has a really great blog. And one of the articles he had, it was actually a little while ago, it was February 10th, that I came across was that, uh, and speaking of Texas wine, because that's what I'm drinking tonight, they've got this new like official label for certified 100% Texas grown wine. And I guess this is a, this is something that I guess a lot of Texas wine growers have been floating for a while and it's 
been difficult for them to kind of come together to come up with some sort of label to let people know that that this is 100% Texas wine and they can kind of do some cooperative marketing. And as far as I know, this is this is so far this is a strictly voluntary and it's just moving forward. I, I I recommend the article. I think it's interesting. So the Texas Wine Grower Wine and Grape Growers Association has been working on this program uh, for a long time and it's finally officially launched. How many? vineyards are going to adopt this i guess we're going to see and i think like i like mason and i have gone over these things with with you guys before i really like voluntary labeling programs and again that class i took last night there's a voluntary labeling program in bordeaux that i really like it has like a little holographic symbol on it that tells you that it's a bordeaux wine and i think specifically from the madoc on the uh, left bank so these these programs to me are really interesting, and I'm going to continue to just kind of showcase them whenever I come across one. Well, I'll just I'll go over I guess the the uh, the certification fees. So there's a one-time flat membership fee of two hundred dollars for participant participating wine growers and winemakers. Um, there's an annual fee of twenty dollars per participating uh, person per year or participating company per year. Um, then there's a non-member fee, which is a one-time flat membership fee of $250 and $25 a year. Uh, so, and then they say, I guess once $1,000 in fees have been collected, the 100% Texas Growers uh, website will uh, be created and launched. And once an additional 2,000 of fees have been collected, a limited paid social media and online promotions will begin. So this is, I guess, a way for the Texas Wine Growers Association to sort of collectively promote each other and promote Texas wines in general to other states. I know that, like Jackson, who we've had on here, disagrees with me on this. He thinks that, I think, maybe Texas, he thinks, I, I guess, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I think what he was saying was he thinks they grow too much wine. Historically speaking, I saw a documentary on Texas wine not too long ago. They There was a lot of, I guess, what they say is called plunk grown here so it was just kind of a lot of just mass market not good wine grapes but then they started figuring out what grew well here and i think there are there's a lot of potential in texas it's still got a lot of room to grow particularly high plains and uh hill country there's i'm, I'm hoping to go out in april and help plant a vineyard uh, down by marfra and i think it's gonna be a lot of fun so I guess I'll leave it there for tonight. It's really, you know, these mini episodes tend to be kind of a rambly episode, especially since I don't really have any direction right now to take them because I'm not sure what you guys want to hear. So if you guys want me to do something in particular on these mini episodes, please reach out to me. You can reach us at uh, Twitter at Tasting Anarchy. You can reach me by Gmail, so tastinganarchy at gmail.com. I'm working on getting the comments sorted down on the website because I think I'm getting a lot of, or I know I'm getting a lot of spam on there right now. Although a lot of it's very entertaining. So if you want to go look at some, like some funny comment spam, uh, go to tastinganarchy.com and check that out. Besides that, uh, check out some of our other podcasts, Mr. Sue, or the, I guess it's the Sudelectual podcast, uh, and, uh, Friends Against Government. I also really like Rollo and Slappy. I also, I'll go ahead and give her a shout out. The class that I attended, was with uh, Elizabeth, who hosts uh, Wine for Normal People podcast. She is like a wine genius. So if you want like a much more technical and in-depth knowledge of wine, even though the show is for normal people, it is very technical and it can be a little bit complicated. Sometimes I have to like write stuff down to go look it up later because I don't know all of what's going on. But she also offers these classes that are a really reasonable price. I'm going to be attending the next couple of them. So if you guys want to attend a class with me, I'll be 
you know, sitting in on these, these wine for normal people classes. So I think the next one's South America. Then she's doing one for Italy. Both of those really interest me. Then I guess she's doing one on Rieslings. And I think it's just Rieslings around the world. And I think Mason will be really interested in that. So we did, he and I took the Bordeaux class together. I think we'll, we'll just kind of share what our thoughts on that maybe in two episodes. Cause my, the next episode is going to be a, a beer episode with Jory. So I guess from me, stay free. Knock down windows and tan down door. Drinking half gowns and calling for more. Drinking wines, for you to drink wine. Wines, for you to drink wine. Wines, for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Drink it, man. Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peterstown, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Cherry, cherry. Blackberry. Port and sherry. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilsey at Willie's Den. He wasn't selling but American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel. Have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Somebody's fifth and somebody's fourth. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine.